0: And I may be biased because I grew up here. I think it's really unique. And I've never been anywhere else that's been anywhere close to it. I think it's given me a good opportunity at such a young age to be heard.
1: This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champagne Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champagne Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast, is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. (laughs) No, that's great Oh yeah, Um, it's an intro, I got it Yeah, yeah No, it's cool Um, So, (laughs) welcome to Champagne Is Also Band Podcast Today, I have Alyssa Allen Alyssa, welcome to the show
0: I'm happy to be here
1: (laughs) Awesome Today, we're going to be listening to your song, Untitled Which we just recorded in the studio Since recording this episode, Alyssa contacted me and let me know That the new title of the song is Old Enough Without further ado, let's listen to the song.
2: Yeah. Started, hey, the Monday when it started to come out your mouth. But I haven't seen your face in a while. Starting to like the way it sounds again And if it had to be someone Thank you. i <laughs>
1: Welcome back. My first and favorite question to always ask is, what came first, the lyrics or the music?
0: So usually it's always the lyrics. I feel like it comes to me throughout the day and I'll just jot something down in my notes app. But with this one, it started out completely different as like, Something, like, I was in my feelings, and it was, like, dedicated to all the people who have, like, helped me, like, local musicians. And I was like, no, it's it's cheesy, and it was so obvious who I was talking about, I tried to make it as vague as possible. So, I changed everything, but I really liked the chord progression that I came up with, so... I guess, like, kind of both. I think it worked together, I feel like.
1: Do you remember the first line that you wrote, or was it was it actually, like, the started hating my name when it started to come out of your mouth?
0: Yeah, conveniently, that was the first line that I wrote.
1: I always get nervous when I feel that the subject matter is based upon a power dynamic where somebody may abuse that power dynamic. hmm there's there's that thought of... There's a lot of people that wield power without knowing that they have it. And yeah. then they just take advantage of it because they feel like they deserve it. And I'm sorry to have gone so heavy on that. But no. I just like... This totally was something fine. I was thinking as like all day today about, you know, certain apprehensions about talking about a song like this. Mm-hmm. Because it's something that I feel like I have to put on my mind all the time. Right. Because, you know, like, for example, you know, I have people over here to interview and and chat with them and that how i create i i'm creating a power dynamic without really thinking of it mm-hmm. that way you know people want to be out here to be interviewed right. and um if i were to be like verbally not i don't know about abusive, no, yeah but you I know get what i mean you. it's it's like i i mean i'm sorry to have like kind of jumped the shark on that one no, but um is there is there a particular story about how this started or should we jump into more of like you coming up with the chord progression?
0: Um, It doesn't matter. I can talk about it. I don't okay. care. You know,
1: whatever you're comfortable talking about, Um, as mm-hmm. I said, we can edit as necessary. For sure. so, yeah. yeah.
0: So there is a specific, I wouldn't say instance, but I mean like time period of where this all came from, but you know, you're, you're totally right. And I think the lyrics are self-explanatory. There was a a power dynamic that, I mean, I felt like I wasn't, treated the best way. I think it was a mix of that person kind of knowing, but also, like, each person was so invested in it. It could have been both. I mean, I'm sure.
1: I'm really curious about what you were thinking about, since... The first line was started hating my name when it started to come out of your mouth. I, I know that there is some self-explanatory part of that. But mm-hmm. I'm also like, what What were you thinking as you wrote that line?
0: So I go by a few different names, you know, just like family, close friends with uh, closer people. They call me Allie. So it's kind of like weirder for them to call me Alyssa because they, <laughs> that's all they've ever known me as. I mean, it's the same thing as like I think of it when you get in trouble with your parents and you're upstairs in your room and they're like, Alyssa Renee Allen, come downstairs now. But with this person, it's like my full name was almost a punishment because they knew me as Allie and Alyssa Renee Allen (laughs) was only used against me, I feel like.
1: It's like your name was kind of weaponized in a certain way. for sure. When there's a very narrative song from a singer-songwriter perspective, Mm -hmm. like, I always think about where the person that is writing it is standing, like, within kind of the time frame. When you wrote this, half the time I'm thinking about the person writing it, and it, like, obviously part of it is written, like, this is in the past. But also, the great thing about songwriting is that you can write something, like, towards the future. So, I'm curious, like, when you're writing this song, where were you standing? Were you- standing looking back at an event or a interaction a relationship with a person and then is there a point at which you're looking forward does that make sense or is this um
0: no i understand um when I wrote this, I was very much so like still in it and kind of dealing with like the aftermath. I mean, I was debating like when I first wrote it, it was I hope you're somewhere out there feeling helpless just because I didn't know how things were going to work out. And I changed it to I know because I do know now. <laughs> right. um, I mean, I guess I was assuming, you know, when I changed it to I know you're somewhere out there. But yeah, in that sense, it was kind of me like hoping and thinking in the future, you know, what will it be like?
1: I, I like the fact that this is definitely turnabout is fair play. You know, you basically changed. Um, At the time, that person may have had power, mm-hmm. but now it's like they have nothing. Right, kind exactly. of. You know, when did you develop your your singing style? There's a few people that I could say, oh, it sounds kind of like this artist that everybody knows, but... Not 100%. And and I just feel like it's very distinctive. Well, and even as we recorded, it's very much like your songs need to be heard close. So close, (laughs) mic, And like the way that you sing makes people want to listen to your words and say things. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? I think it's
0: because I don't enunciate very well. I've been told that I sing in cursive. um, So it's very hard to understand me.
1: (laughs) I love (laughs) that. Which is fair. (laughs) So you have the chords, like when did that all kind of come out? I'm always curious, like deciding on putting it at your capo on the second fret Mm -hmm. and doing the shape that you're doing and like, I'm just kind of curious how that came about.
0: Yeah. So I have a really hard time coming up with chord progressions and melodies just because... That's the one thing that psychs me out. I feel like that really puts a song together. I don't know, I think I overthink and second-guess myself, and I put a lot of pressure on myself. A good chord progression can change a song completely, and so I get scared. With this one, I tried to stay away from finding a solid chord and kind of just letting it take over. You know, like, it is a G shape. I didn't intentionally start with that. I just tried to do it in whatever way felt right with the song.
1: There's so many things that are happening. And I'm sorry, here's me geeking out a little (laughs) bit about like songwriting and then also just how the guitar does cool things. You're doing something that creates several things. It's like this cascade effect. So not only are you playing the G chord, but then you create these like sustained chords because you slide it up to a different part. You're keeping the same shape. Mm -hmm. And then. At the same time, it creates this dissonance because you have these open strings that are ringing out. But also because, and we talked about this as we re- were about to record, is like, I love the fact that you have this like gritty string noise that gets created, that creates its own percussion. In, in between each chord, there's a thought that happens mm-hmm. like this, almost like changing a channel, right? Like, ch- ch- but you could have just done them as open chords rather than having them be these, these shapes it changes the nature as you arrange and how you choose to center yourself on the fretboard. So, Yeah, yeah, that's me. But anyway, (laughs) I I don't know if...
0: No, completely. I I knew one thing and that was, I just wanted it to have a certain feel to it. And the slides were definitely intentional. That is the one thing that I knew for sure. Like, I didn't know the chords that I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted it to have that sound.
1: Did you work out both of the verses first? Or did you... Do the verse and then jump into the chorus and then you said oh i have to do a second verse
0: that's a good question <laughs> it was definitely in order i wish i could like come up with a chorus first but I really struggle on choruses. So the verses are always easier. The first verse was obviously first. And then the chorus, it was based on the chords that I wanted. That's what I struggle with is placement. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I don't really know, you know. <laughs> well,
1: isn't that kind of the thing about songwriting is that, you know, we have instruments that we're comfortable with. And it's like in messing with how different ways to play the same chord, yeah. mm-hmm. like you create that that sense, that forward momentum or, or whatever kind of mood you want to set. When did the chorus, how did that kind of come about? The You were old enough to know better and then you were too young to understand. I'm curious if you hear that musical line in your head and then you do the chords or are you with the chords and then sing on top of it?
0: A little bit of both.
1: I feel like you could start a song a certain way mm-hmm. and then as the... like. The established verse kind of creates a format and then you're like oh maybe i can just then put that into or i'll just change one of the chords to make the chorus a chorus sound yeah. you know
0: the line old enough to know better too young to understand was something that i had in my notes for a while and once i changed the the topic of the song i knew i wanted to have that in there so those lyrics did come first the chords per se like i don't know any of the chord names in the song Mm -hmm. just because i was going off of what felt right and i didn't want them to be like solid chords that i always knew or like always went with for each song i did have those lines and i was just trying to mess around and make sure that the chords sounded right with each other and just went off of that I keep
1: trying to figure out, you know, what is my favorite part, but it's like, it's usually in songs like this that have a very strong emotional context, like, it's always the ones that taste the worst, you know, <laughs> that you're just like, oh, yeah, that was, that was just terrible, you know, and I yeah. mean it in the very, like, oh, I don't like, that. I hated the way I said that. But anyway, whatever. When they, they just have a hurt about them. Your first chorus, it was, you were old enough to know better and too young to understand, but the, and I gladly burn you before you burn your others again. And I trade places so I get burned instead. You've, you've already been in a bad situation that you're also at the same time willing to let that continue just as long as it doesn't mean it hurts somebody else. Yeah. Which, as, as I said, is one of those, it hurts however specific you'd like to be. But like, what was going on that you felt that you needed to take that mantle in a way?
0: It was right around the time where I had just spoken up about it and not publicly per se, but like to people that I felt needed to know to kind of handle the situation because it was out of my hands. I couldn't really do anything about it. And so in that, like I knew that if it happened to me, it could happen to anyone. So yeah, like I, I'd i rather burn you before you can burn your others again. Um, Kind of... I was a tattletale, and <laughs> I think that's okay. Um, oh, as long, like, I can be a cautionary tale, that's fine, as long as it doesn't happen to anyone else.
1: Honestly, I do not know what I'm talking about, so I'm just <laughs> saying this, but I, I do think it's important that giving yourself the title of tattletale, I'm very sorry that, that that's how it felt. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, because that, that's not, that's not tattletale. That, yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know. I no, think I get what you're saying. It some, shouldn't some feel like That's a term that yeah. we gave people that, get hurt yeah and so like the next part that i think is really cool in your in your song is is after the second chorus there's there's the pause but you also how did you come up with those different chords like the the chords that are even more dissonant usually like you think of the suspension is is kind of a beautiful dissonance but this was like less Mm -hmm. of the beautiful dissonance so i'm just curious like I knew that you felt maybe you wanted to switch it up just a little bit musically.
0: The chord where it like sort of changes, it's just a drop down, just like a directly under the first two strings. So that worked really well. The other two chords that come after it, I think they just sounded in, in instances like it could be really bad, Um, it could sound really horrible. And I think that's the point, you know, like I didn't want it to be perfect or like too happy or too stuck in a certain type of chord, you know, like I didn't want it to be too bright, too sad. I wanted it to kind of go together. I
1: find it fascinating when you've, you've said something in a chorus, in a verse, and then in a certain way you either do a musical change and then you come back to it. I always think that there's that feeling that even though you may repeat some of the same lines, that there's like a recontextualization. Mm -hmm. So, my interpretation is that when you have that switch up, that you're turning the tables. Like before, it was about them having a power over you. And then that second time that you do the chorus for the last time, it feels like you're back into the power and you have it i never realized that i like that mechanism so much (laughs) where it's like you repeat something again but because somehow it just manages to have a different context so i'm just curious like what is your favorite part
0: or line in this it's either i'd gladly burn you before you can burn your others again or the very last part i hope you're out there somewhere feeling helpless on the flip side of a savior complex one of those two
1: (laughs) why was this the song that you wanted to talk about today
0: it's still a very relevant thing in my life and something i like i have to work through i second guess myself a lot but saying those lyrics over and over you were old enough to know better and i was too young to understand kind of just reassures myself that i'm not crazy (laughs) you know yeah
1: Even in the midst of the current coronavirus pandemic, the Jubilee Cafe is continuing to serve packaged home-cooked meals free to all every Monday evening, 5 to 6.30 p.m. Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe C-U-C-C Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So, Alyssa, do you have a favorite Champagne Urbana venue? I
0: actually haven't played many places, but I would say I'm pretty loyal to the Canopy Club just because that is the first like real place I ever played as a solo person.
1: Was that as part of a an open mic,
0: yeah. So I did first gig Rock Camp. Through that, I started taking lessons from Carrie from the Bashful Youngins, and she took me to my first open mic,
1: and that was at the Canopy Club yes. during their, their Monday night. Yeah, awesome. So are you ex- you're excited that it's coming back? Yeah, that was really interesting to see Annika continue the the Espresso Royale open mic and also canopy club you know mike ingram uh continuing that on in zoom during the pandemic and like it's funny to me that those times really reinforced how our need to interact and like connect through music were like super evident like it was so important that meant normalcy for a lot of people
0: Mm -hmm. when i first quote unquote entered the scene by myself was 2019, right before everything got shut down. And I was 17 and I was really scared and I don't think I was ready for a lot of the attention I was getting. And it's not like I was getting a lot, but it's, it's definitely something that I wasn't used to. And so the pandemic, it put everything on hold. So it was mm-hmm. kind of my excuse to just take a minute and shy away. So I did go to a few of the online open mics, um, but I definitely took a minute.
1: I didn't really feel like participating as much in the open mic as much as just observing, which I, I think that was kind of a neat dynamic too. Mm-hmm. Is like, that was the first time that I actually saw Emily Antonacci. Yeah. So it was like, wow, I think that's how okay. she
0: got into it. Yeah. Which,
1: that's just crazy. And I, I, and I think that that's so, it was something that we would never have noticed unless right. we actually were forced to do it uh, mm-hmm. that way. Do you hope to move forward and play out more and like where people can maybe find you?
0: Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I just Terrible (laughs) question. Um, (laughs) I definitely do want to play more, but I have a really hard time taking opportunities or like rather create them for myself just because I do question like the validity of like my presence in the scene and that just comes from you know second guessing and insecurity which everyone has so it's more of a thing like I'm ready I just need to push myself
1: I saw you for the first time over at Exile for their records day Oh
2: really day.
1: so that was I was like okay <laughs> Here's my big question the the thing that I've been thinking a lot about just as as a byproduct of the pandemic and being isolated from other people When we come back, how do we reevaluate and think about what the scene is and like what a music community should look like? Mm So I'm just curious if you like, what do you think makes a good music community or what could we do better?
0: I think that the virtual open mic, every gig that has come from that has really brought all styles together Like a record store. I'm definitely not a rap artist and I'm definitely not like I don't have a band. It's very me and my guitar. Like, that's what it is. Uh It's it's supposedly intimate and, uh, you know, personal. But there were so many different acts up there. And so in that way, I feel like Open Mic has helped because I do think it's really easy to be isolated in a group, whether it's age, genre, just kind of bringing things together.
1: What would you think that Champagne urbana could do better?
0: Hmm. Honestly, I'm sure there are many problems with it, Um, (laughs) as anything does have. But I don't know. I think it's a good mix of people. And I may be biased because I grew up here. I think it's really unique. And I've never been anywhere else that's been anywhere close to it. I think it's given me a good opportunity at such a young age to be heard and working with older people is just a it's a blessing i don't know i think like a lot of people can turn younger people away and be like oh Mm -hmm. you're so young you don't really know but they never have they're very welcoming
1: it's super important at this point you know as things are waking back up and some places have closed, and some places are like, no, we're never we're never going to be a venue ever, ever, ever yeah. again. Yeah. I, I think it's important to recognize that it only makes our scene better to mm-hmm. have more venues.
0: It's really easy to get stuck in a, a favorite venue that you like like I said, I'm very loyal to canopy and Nola's, and so venturing out of that, I think like a lot of people do stick with their favorite venue, and that makes things hard because if you're not necessarily into their genre and that's the primary genre that plays there yeah i can see that being a problem
1: (laughs) yeah i thought it was really interesting when i talked with charlie about the rose bowl you know for him having more venues just makes it easier like it gives more people an opportunity to play and honestly you know the more you get out and play the better you get yeah you know and that can only benefit and mean that poor charlie doesn't have to turn away people when he's trying to get other like different genres and when it was like mcdonald's and burger king always had to be next to each other (laughs) and that it helped them to have more you know like those that weren't interested in that genre would just go over to the other place and like getting people to go out and want to go out and then like bar hopping Mm -hmm. or venue hop let's just call it venue hopping (laughs) because it's not all about being able to go out and drink and Watch music yeah. or listen to music. It's got to be about
0: the music, yeah. yeah,
1: and just having safe spaces. And do you have a dream gig? What what gig? I mean, even if you opened up, even if you were in the middle, even if you headlined, was there a- out of local folks who would you like to be on a bill with?
0: Oh gosh, so- right. Um, it's very important to note that I idolize local musicians in Chamberlain band to a fault, <laughs> and so. In one way, I will answer this, but in another way, I want to make a disclaimer that I do not think that my music is necessarily worth being up there with them. So I want to say that. I wouldn't wanna draw offense, you know, like oh. make myself think that I'm like important enough to play with these amazing people. But I think like, I think my dream would be if I had to pick anyone, I would say, mermaid heaven like i've been obsessed with them lately Mm -hmm. i absolutely love them amazing music so i think that'd be really cool definitely the bashful youngins just because i love carrie she's amazing karina for sure qq (laughs) annika jake mike ingram is also great so yeah
1: Champaign is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004, carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Welcome back. So, Alyssa, Allie, oh, am I allowed No, I'm just <laughs> no.
0: Teasing. God, I don't <laughs> care. it's totally um, fine.
1: What is your favorite non musical thing or things?
0: So I feel like work and music and school primarily takes up my life, and so I don't have a lot of time to do other things. But I like money and I like working. So, aside from that, one of my jobs is working at a preschool. And I found through that that I really enjoy working with kids. There's just something about it. You know, they don't care. And uh, I feel like there's so much to learn from them in terms of unlearning things that Hmm. uh, you do growing up. You know, there's like they're absolutely unhinged. They don't care. And I think that's amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Is there a particular age group? that you like or just like the preschool is that sweet spot of unformed clay mentally
0: <laughs> i'm in communications now but i was going to teach high school that's the track that i was on in college but yeah i don't think i'd want to do that anymore <laughs> i really yeah younger kids i work with two and three-year-olds and a lot of people don't think that they have a lot to say but they've got a ton of personality like right they're just themselves, and it's great. How
1: did you get into working with two and three-year-olds?
0: Yeah, um, my sister actually works <laughs> at the same school, and so I work with her, and that's fun.
1: So, did you work with the kids and everything through COVID and all no. of that? Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, it's it's a super new job. I want to say I've been there for like only two or three months.
1: That's really cool that like in two to three months of working yeah. this job that you've made that connection
0: i think like it definitely would be different if i was teaching high school but i feel like you get hit with a lot when you work with like younger kids because they really throw it all out there and so i feel like past two or three months have felt like a very long time and so i have made connections with these kids i feel like i've been with them forever (laughs) so yeah
1: Alyssa, this has been amazing thank (laughs) you so much for coming out and recording your song old enough yeah (laughs) I, if, if it's something if a new title comes up just let me know and i'll be like oh for sure the new song title is old enough <laughs> um, so uh but it's it's been exciting to just chat with you about yeah. your song and then also you know venues and and what we can do better mm-hmm. in the champaign urbana music scene and your favorite non-musical things. so
0: thank you so much thank you for having me For listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Alyssa Allen reminding you: great music is out there. Go find it where you live.
1: You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> studio, Baker, on the, inside. the world of pickles is a great big world. It is. And so we've got your gherkins. We've got your bread and butter.